Hello there. My name is Jeff, and welcome to episode 11 of the Game Sharks podcast, where we talk about our favorite thing in the world, board games. Close. Derek and I uh, d- played a game on Sunday, on Sunday yeah. called Starfarers of Catan. All right. Imagine Catan. But in space. And it's so yeah, much better. generally the vibe. It's really good. Yeah, it's, it, really it might be my new favorite board game ever. Wow. Ever. Wow, that's yeah. bold. After only playing wow. it once, I feel very strongly about it. We'll have to see how the replayability is. Then. Yes. Um, we should definitely do that soon. Um, and video games. Yes. Today I'm joined by Andrew. Hello. Derek. Hello. And first time ever special guest, co-host of the What Did We Miss podcast, my brother, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey. What's up? Not much. Thanks I, for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I like I, I enjoy listening to the show, so it's fun to excited to be here. Sweet. Make sure you get close to your mic. You got it. Sweet. <laughs> you should know this. You have a podcast. Yeah, but like this is not comfortable. I know. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> Grassroots. So, so for anyone that listens to this show, the way they record is hunched over the microphones <laughs> <laughs> on a foldable card on a table. Foldable card table with some yeah. old raggedy mushroom with chairs. the type of posture that your mother would reprimand you for yeah <laughs> grassroots <laughs> just like melee um so we got a pretty cool show today we are obviously going to do some new stuff a little bit of what we've been playing but the main topic for today is we played super metroid for the video game book club uh, matt was already playing it so it seemed like a perfect fit to have him on to come talk about it because his podcast basically does this as a whole yep. him and his buddy tony listen or they consume media yeah, not just video games. We do books, comics, movies, TV, you name it. Yeah. Uh, we recently mm. just did a Beatles episode. I mean, I'm a big Beatles fan, yeah. but we introduced other people to the Beatles. We've done things like Pet Cemetery. We did both movies and the book. Uh, the original Wizard of Oz book. Um, Queen. We oh, did yeah. Purple Rain. Uh, yeah, so it runs the gamut. We've done cool. video games. We've done... Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid. solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Doom episode coming up, oh, which I know uh, you're currently playing. Yes, correct? Yep. That's not correct. not the same Doom. He's playing yeah, the new I'm playing Doom. You're Doom playing the old Doom. Oh, I play the original. Oh, okay. Nineteen ninety. I consider it. You should. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's cheap. It's mm. only like five bucks on this. Yeah. So I was like three dollars or something. Yeah. It's cheap. It's a lot of fun. Um, but we got a whole episode on that, and I think we're. Jeff is coming on to I talk sure about Sam and Max hit the Sam road. And Max hit the road. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Uh, my co-host Tony is the one that recommended it. It's a game that he loved when he was a kid, and he's actually listening to your podcast. Oh, and he oh said, great! Hi, Tony. I believe you were talking about games that kind of influence you as a kid, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so he was just like, "We should do this, and we can have Jeff come on." So, oh, nice, um, perfect fit. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> but we have to like download an emulator to play it. I bought it like a good person. <laughs> so where did you? <laughs> I bought it on Steam. Oh, okay. it was four bucks, five bucks. Okay, and I get to yeah. support the developer yeah. and so, not be a pirate. As I'm sure people will learn throughout this episode, I'm not as entrenched in the video game world as everyone yeah, here correct. so steam is not something that i have done correct you um, you do not even own a pc you have a mac so correct gaming in that uh, there's, there's, you can get there you go, yes but, but yeah. that's your yeah. issue right there 90 <laughs> percent of games on steam aren't playable on mac or yeah. something along yeah, especially lines, so. an old game like that where it was probably for like what was it like M- ms dos or yeah yeah probably yeah, so yeah. you probably dos emulator yeah yeah um cool so let's jump right into it welcome matt uh we're gonna start with some news things and 
basically i have three th- uh three news things here and they all pertain to kind of stuff we touched on last week so let's start with our boy reggie fils yeah join body the board ready <laughs> join the board board of directors for gamestop to try to help them not die in the changing times <laughs> um so yeah this is pretty cool he retired from nintendo what was that last year two years ago yeah no two it was only last year i think was it last year i feel like it was it was pretty recent yeah either way um and then he was teaching some classes i want to say cornell, cornell yeah yeah yep. and now yeah he's joining the board of directors for gamestop to try to turn around we talked last week about how gamestop is redoing some of their stores to yeah. try to bring in the new young crowd or the old crowd with their retro store, but they're trying to change things up because obviously they're losing out to Amazon or just digital downloads as a whole. So Reggie put out a tweet. Uh, he said, the gaming industry needs a healthy environment GameStop. I look forward to being a part of GameStop Corp board or at GameStop Corp board <laughs> and helping to make this happen. So yeah, their idea is basically bring him in. He was so successful as the president of Nintendo of America and hopefully turn this around. And I honestly have faith in him to do it. Yeah, this is a great move. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked into him a little bit um, when I read this, Mm -hmm. and he's like a notorious fixer. Yeah. Like a lot of the companies he worked for uh, as like president, vice president of marketing, stuff like that, he like turned them around. I think he was like president of vh1 for a while and what didn't and pizza president? hut yeah, yeah the bigfoot pizza yeah have you ever heard of the bigfoot pizza i have not heard of this <laughs> oh man it's so reggie fils he was in some high up position at pizza hut yeah and he came up with this crazy idea for the bigfoot pizza which is this crazy giant pizza and i don't think it succeeded um oh man my search engine turned into yahoo for some reason <laughs> gross but yeah it's just a giant square pizza this was oh yeah okay that was reggie fils huh, idea that was a long apparently. time ago yeah yeah, yeah this and is like in the he's late, been around yeah like the 90s yeah. yeah like wasn't he also responsible at least partially for the ps1 demo discs they did uh with pizza hut uh i don't know i didn't see that but maybe either way yeah. from what i hear from people who grew up in the 90s those <laughs> were great so, so yeah. what was the last thing that he was a part of nintendo N- nintendo. nintendo he was the president of nintendo of america nintendo of america 13, 14 years, I think. Oh. He was there for a while. Have you ever heard the meme, my body is ready? Yeah, the thing I said like two minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, well, it's a it's a meme, and it happened. It was him. He was. Is it when they were demoing the Wii? The Wii Fit. The Wii Fit. Yes. Yeah. He was on stage, and they were presenting it, and they are like, Reggie, come, come do this demo. And he just goes, my body is ready, <laughs> which is just a really funny it became, thing to say. It became, yeah, a trend became forever. Okay. So, yeah. So Me faces an uphill battle with brick-and-mortar stores in general. Absolutely. Um, but based on what we heard last week about what GameStop's trying to do, um, with Reggie being on board, it definitely seems like they're putting all the cogs in the right places to make this work. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see kind of like how big of a role he actually plays and like being on the board is one thing, you know, you're, yeah. you're involved in kind of making company decisions, but like, it's not like he's in their marketing department, like working with their marketing team. He's just, you know, goes to meetings every so often and votes on stuff. Mm, he's, you know, I don't know. He's you not know. the president like he was with Nintendo. He doesn't have right. the final say on things. It's more of a suggestive yeah. um, role. Still, Reggie has been, you know, so in the video game scene for so long, he probably has some pretty good advice he could give. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see how this turns out. Yeah. It'll be cool. Mm. Cool. Let's talk about uh, the sad inevitable death that we're all facing with (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19 coronavirus. Um, Two more 
big moves or yeah there's uh, there's a whole bunch but there's two pretty big ones uh riot games is moving their mid-season invitational mm-hmm. to july instead of may which is happening halfway through their summer regular season for north america and they've canceled all of their rift rival tournaments so they would pit two regions together so north america and europe were rivals okay. china mm-hmm. and korea were rivals Australia and Taiwan were rivals, something like that. I really don't know. I'm past the big four. Yeah. Uh, so they've eliminated those tournaments due to time and moving the midseason invitational to July, which is going to be very strange. Yeah. Um, but like we were saying, the Chinese teams haven't played. They just started playing and they're yeah. doing it online. They're not even doing local uh, LAN uh, competition anymore because they're moving it to all online so they can still stay um, quarantined. Korea has recently stopped playing because of this uh for safety reasons so yeah it's it's all up in the air if the coronavirus kind of persists through the summer then obviously this will get probably canceled worlds will get delayed or canceled it's crazy yeah there's already rumbles of maybe the olympics not happening this year yeah i did hear that so yeah organized competitions where you travel are not going so well (laughs) and it's going to be that way probably for the foreseeable future Yep. And then the other big problem with COVID-19 is E3 has officially been canceled for this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. The death of E3. I think we will never have E3 again, at least not in any form that it was previous to this year. So as a as, you know, someone who's removed from this <laughs> world, yes, explain why. Why it's canceled or well, why I don't no, think it'll be the same. No, why do you think this is the death now for E3? So a lot of companies were already pulling out of th- E3 and not doing press conferences, notably. <laughs> and you had mentioned this before, like, uh, was it Sony or? Sony wasn't there for the last year. Yeah, and they announced this and year that they weren't going to do They weren't going to go before yeah. all of the coronavirus right, stuff right. happened. Is this sort of like what's been happening continually with uh, Comic-Con every year where Marvel's like, no, we're going to do our own thing, and they're kind of pulling out of it. Yeah, so Sony started doing that. Nintendo pulled out of like the physical um, doing a... Yeah, they stopped hosting physical press conferences and started uh, doing their digital press, um, like Nintendo Directs. Yeah, so they instead of having a big press conference in front of a crowd, they would just release a video. Um, smaller developers were kind of starting to not wor- uh, go, and then Microsoft moved so they're not in the main hall they're off on the side kind of doing their own thing yeah so yeah over time of the last what four or five four years, years yeah the um, everyone's slowly can, been kind of pulling out and to try to fix this e3s they said this year was going to start trending more towards having um consumers come in and have demos of things and have them buy cool gaming merch and have celebrities there right and more towards like a comic-con so like, kind of or experience yeah is that like them entering survival mode yeah because before it was all it was only people in the industry yeah, like invite only yeah where people could rub elbows with yeah. um nintendo or sony or microsoft these big companies learn things about games and there's big announcements but now before that was before the internet was huge and you could make a big announcement like oh the ps5 is coming out on this day like you needed a platform to do yeah. that before and that's what e3 was so now that you don't need that anymore and people are like why would we spend the millions of dollars to have a booth at e3 bring all these people over be there for an entire weekend when we can just upload a video at 9 a.m on tuesday and call it a day you know the interesting thing about comic-con is that it started off as just uh, comics yeah obviously you'd mm-hmm. go there collectibles and all that stuff then it was co-opted by 
you know, the big entertainment conglomerates. And it became about promoting television shows and movies and all these things that were tangentially connected to, to comic books. And now that those things are sort of fracturing and doing their own thing and, and making their own choices, it's going back to comics. Mm. So there's always been, it's always been contentious for Comic-Con mm-hmm. because it, its intention was never originally about, you know, the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It was about selling Guardians of the Galaxy comic books. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that this started off as just being this platform for, for promoting all these different things. And now it's going the way of what Comic-Con originally was. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we never had an E3 again, I wouldn't be surprised at this point because, um, just before they officially canceled it, both Jeff Keighley pulled out of uh, mm-hmm. the show where he was always doing really big name interviews and whatnot and kind of getting information from developers. And he said he didn't really like where it was going. So that's why he pulled out. And uh, I Am 8-Bit uh, was yep. the creative directors for E3 this year. Uh-huh. And right before they announced that the whole E3 was canceled, I Am 8-Bit pulled out. Again, kind of saying a similar thing of, yeah, we're not kind of... Uh, interested in the way they're trying to take things yeah, and wish them yeah. the best of luck. Hmm. So <laughs> it seems overall everyone is not on board what they were trying to turn E3 into. And I think p- everyone will kind of, there will be the time that E3 happened where it's Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, Bethesda, they'll all put out their press conferences digitally. And I think what will happen is they'll all realize like, oh, we don't need to do E3 anymore. We can just do our own thing around this time. And it will just be like a social contract where everyone's like, okay, this time of year, second week of June, we'll just all put out really big announcements and let the internet consume it. Oh, I don't even think that yeah. will happen. No? Yeah. I yeah. think it just won't be a – there won't be an event to look forward to anymore. Yeah. There's, there's no obligation. Scattered throughout the year. Interesting. Maybe yeah. something else will take up the mantle. Uh, you know, uh, I know like the Game Awards has kind of now been – Kind of the past couple of years had some big game announcements. Like, I mean, they announced the new Xbox. At the people right. people basically so, expect the game awards to be like another A3 nowadays. Right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's like now that they don't have this, you know, set three five days of uh of game developers all gathering together. There's no obligation for the companies to actually announce anything during that time. You know, Nintendo for the last several years has always been doing their own thing, doing like quarterly Nintendo directs, making their own announcements on their own schedule, and I think that maybe now this is a catalyst for other developers to follow suit uh, because Nintendo has proven that just making your own schedules and, you know, doing it on your own, you know, behest uh, has worked for them. Yeah. And then even Sony recently Sony's, with the state of plays. Yeah, has, they just kind of started that. sealing it. So, yeah, I guess that's a good – I didn't even think of that, that that's a possibility. Yeah. Wow. Huh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, what do you think? Do you think this is the end of E3? all together or as we know it or do you think next year everyone will be thinking oh i kind of missed that and go back to it i i don't think so i think uh especially because um all the all the big companies right now they're gonna have to adapt this year yeah. to kind of fill in that gap um we you know i think we'll see maybe well maybe not within the next few months but uh maybe after the whole virus is subsided we might see um, smaller events because right because the point of E3 was to kind of present these things to the industry to the journalists to you know like people involved and 
kind of like, hey, come out and play our game and see the first impressions of our new hardware or, you know, uh, like, you know, these new games we've been working on. Get, get the first impressions, stuff like that, and kind of generate buzz. Yeah. And without it being there, you know, uh, they're all missing that avenue to not just, you know, um, us as consumers, but like the people who write about games, people who talk about games, uh, you know, people at IGN, people at... Uh, GameSpot. GameSpot. Giant right. bomb. Right. All, all of these game news sources who, you know, they kind of drum up buzz around E3. You know, say, oh, I went in and I played the new Halo and here's what I experienced. And now there isn't that. Mm. And how? so how do, would it maybe, could, could we see more uh, sponsored play through like Twitch streamers and stuff like that? You know, are they going to become the voice now that without, you know, without this convention for people yeah. to go to you know yeah I, a lot of content creators already are like nintendo right. ambassadors right they're getting free products ahead of time to make reviews access to betas alphas yeah. stuff like that so i wouldn't i'd be curious to see if you know all these big announcements that we were supposed to get um you know maybe yeah uh, bethesda's new ip we might see an announcement and then maybe some twitch streamers or something playing the game uh, or something like you know to get yeah. buzz out. Yeah, or kind of like when Legends of Runeterra was in closed beta, a lot of streamers got auto access to promote right. the game. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. if, but if you're something like Nintendo, which is you know this massive conglomerate, uh, wouldn't you want to control your own narrative and not be adhere to the schedule of E3 so they can drop right? And, and that's what I'm saying. Own. So going forward, possibly they can say like, well, we don't need this. Yeah. And people are coming and looking for Nintendo information anyway. So mm -hmm. why let this big um, event dictate, you know, their schedule? That's yeah. True. It's like if you take the same Nintendo Direct and drop the E3 from the title, it's still just a Nintendo Direct. Right. It's just yeah. a yeah. long Nintendo Direct. It's just a long Direct. Direct. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. A one. I so mean, hey, even, though, even recently, like last Nintendo Direct, you know, last year's E3 was probably 45 minutes and there are easily some Nintendo Directs that are yeah. around the same length, so... Yeah. And especially too, you know, now that we won't have six, seven, eight, you know, press conferences all in the same, <laughs> you know, a period of time, then people will be pitting everybody against each other. And maybe it'll allow each company to have its own spot in the limelight as opposed to being constantly compared. Uh, because there was a lot of good stuff that probably got shoved under the bus because of whatever the biggest mm. thing was. Yeah, that's true. I will say that would be something I would miss. Uh, more from a nostalgic perspective, just because like I think I've been watching the press conferences every year since they started televising them. Yeah, same. Uh, so you know that yeah, looking forward to that beginning of the week. You know the the first usually what first weekend in it's usually the second. second this week is the ninth to the eleventh. Yeah, and so it's like oh Before yeah, I'm gonna record or you know record. The DVR, the, uh, you know, these press conferences. On G4. And, yeah, yeah, and watch them <laughs> when I get home from school or whatever. Um, it, it, I will miss that a little bit, but, you know, only because those were, you know, that was eight hours for a week where I got eight hours of, like, new video game news and content that I could consume over that week. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, I'm okay with it being spread out throughout the year now instead kind of thing. Um, and just be like, you know, a little bit of nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, we've already talked about how big companies obviously don't necessarily need E3. Yeah. Now, what about small independent gaming companies? So, like, what what do, what do they do in, in an instance of, like, were smaller companies going to E3? Or is that something that just was never part of the... the 
So they program. were they were going, but they weren't having press conferences, and no one was talking about them. Every once in a while, you'd see. So Team Cherry would go, say they would go and have a demo of Hollow Knight, but it would just be the couple guys on the show floor demoing that one game. You wouldn't see a giant press conference, or like maybe they would release a trailer online to go along with it. Um, but, but what do they do going forward? I guess not have playable demos and just put out videos. Yeah, exactly. So without yeah. E3, does that hurt indie games? That's a good. That's a really good question. Uh, and that's definitely not something I was thinking about going into the like this conversation. Um, there are like a lot of uh, smaller conventions. I know PAX is a good one. Yeah, uh, they do kind of have like a small show floor for indie games, but this is a huge. This is a huge deal for I think indie games. If yeah. E3 falls off, you know disappears where do small developers go to showcase their work not just to to well yeah to because that's how it's a marketing thing for them yeah uh where does what happens so i don't (laughs) we still have packs east west and prime we have south is there there's four packs yeah in texas there's north pole yeah, <laughs> Santa Prime. Santa has to t- demo all the games before uh, he <laughs> makes <laughs> decisions for the kids on the naughty yeah. and nice list. That makes sense. Um, there's GDC. There's um, Tokyo Game Show. I think there's still plenty of gatherings in which, assuming those don't also get canceled. Well, that's this year alone is yeah. a, a problem all on its own. Yes. But we're assuming going forward, if E3's right. gone forever, in a hypothetical world where E3 doesn't exist, I think there's enough video game conferences that there will be able to be playable demos for the indie games that it won't affect them so much. I Mm -hmm. think it's more so E3 is all about those big stunning announcements, not indie games um, having their chance to shine and people being able to play them and say, oh, this is actually a pretty sweet game people should pay attention to. I think those opportunities will still be there. Yeah. Plus, indie games are bigger now than they've ever been. Right. True. Yeah. So I think I think a lot of indie developers probably have gained enough of a following thus far that they can kind of make their own independent announcements, kind of like Team Cherry did with Silk Song, right? Yeah, like they just dropped a trailer for it and gained a lot of buzz. And they've a lot of indie developers too are not necessarily partnering, but you know, using other bigger developers as a platform to get their game out there. And now that all the systems carry indie indie games, how much are they dependent on that ecosystem? Who the the indie developers? Well, like you or, can or download indie games on something like Switch. Yes. So you, how dependent is something like Nintendo on the indie game industry? I don't think they are at all. I is think that something that we're just like if we kneecap them tomorrow, we're fine? Or is that something that is a, a portion of revenue for them? I think they would be fine because they make a majority of their money on their own um, big titles. And I think they make small amounts from the indie games. But the Switch is easily the place where indie games are played the most out of any platform. So obviously they would see some impact because most people are going to their Switch to play games like Hollow Knight or Celeste, um, games of those manners. But I don't I don't think they would have a huge impact from it. I, yeah. I think it would be bigger than you think. Just because I feel like uh, getting indie games onto the Switch was one of their like big things that helped them in on their launch. N- Nintendo notoriously um, with their consoles, well, at least the past three consoles they've had, uh, has struggled with the AAA, uh, the you know the non the the big powers getting their games on the console and bringing in indie games. I think s- not maybe s- not saved the Switch. But gave it a good push, yeah. And uh, I think without that, 
I don't know how well the launch would have would have gone. Uh, I don't I don't know if it would affect probably AAA devs buying in, but I I wouldn't be surprised if if sales would be less if you know people couldn't buy all these awesome indie games on the on the Switch. I mean I, I that's how I started playing Fall the Hollow Knight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I yeah I think half my library on my Switch is indie games, and the only Same. other place I probably play indie games is on my PC. So I. I would say it would have an effect, but not huge, but bigger than I think you would think. Yeah, it wouldn't cripple them, but obviously it's, they would see the effect, I'm pretty sure. Not necessarily Nintendo, but the indie games. Y- the indie Both, games themselves would think. But, take a but huge it, uh, it's not just because you can play indie games on all the platforms now, correct? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Most, it yeah. It depends. Most. Yeah. Some games don't come to all platforms. Most of them come to a majority of them. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's very. So it is game. like this little sort of symbiotic relationship between all these things so yeah it could be a, a small chunk but if it sends a ripple through the whole industry uh without them supporting the indie games that could affect every console yeah for sure um yeah i don't think losing e3 would have a giant overarching effect because i think there's enough chances overall mm-hmm. um i'm more so concerned about the coronavirus and how that's going to affect like because if all of the events are canceled for the next year because of it Mm -hmm. then we start to have a problem where the indie developers aren't having meetings with nintendo sony microsoft in order to get funding or being able to get their games on the con their consoles maybe not in-person meetings we're also in the age of twitch streaming and uh i know it's expensive to go to e3 yeah i i uh as a game developer, if I'm a brand new game developer, you know, me and Andrew in, in our basement decide to make a game and we need to get our name out there. And we were banking on spending 10 grand of our budget to go to E3 and get our game out there. And all of a sudden we can't go to E3. What? I mean, our best next option is to take that 10 grand, split it up a little bit and pay some popular Twitch streamers, maybe in our market to play the game for an out two hours. Yeah. And that I think now getting starting to maybe this year is the time where maybe E3 is out of date and working with streamers is the next big thing. Yeah, I could see that. Or even just famous YouTubers because it doesn't necessarily need to be a live stream. It could be something that could be easily accessed as a video on demand. So yeah, definitely that uh, avenue of having popular, video or uh streamers could easily work yeah i think the only thing that not having the conferences uh and the the venues would really kill is the hands-on aspect right because at the end of the day these games are still going to come out they're still going to get announced and people are going to be interested from a visual standpoint anyway. Like, you know, I don't go to E3 because I live on the East Coast and I don't have money and I'm not a not on the inside of the, in, of the video game industry. Right. So Yet. <laughs> Wink. Uh, Think positively. Look for us at E3 like Once 2025. Once everyone dies off from the coronavirus, <laughs> you're in. Boom. That's how we get them. Uh, no, but, I, you know, I don't go to E3, so I have to judge things on a purely you know visual perspective right uh so i think that aspect will still exist and like i said earlier indie games are big enough at this point where they're i would say indie games basically are the mainstream you know indie games are so popular the only thing separating them from not being classified as indie games is the longevity of their developers you know like you have nintendo has been around for over 100 years now 
not not doing video games for that long, obviously, but uh, you know, a lot of these. You heard com- it here for first. <laughs> Nintendo's been making video games for a hundred years. <laughs> One million years, Super Mario. <laughs> Anyways, before uh, <laughs> indoor plumbing, there was a Super Mario. <laughs> anyway, uh, lost my train. Of thought. <laughs> That's all right. We've indie been, games. We've been indie dragging games. this out for a long time, so um, I don't think it will have that much of an effect on indie gaming i don't think so either um cool e3's going away probably forever <laughs> that's the conclusion here womp womp. um there was an email i wanted to bring up quickly before we started news but then i forgot about it uh so we're gonna read it right now it's <laughs> from our number one fan steve yeah steve. Our, yeah andrew and i's boss <laughs> um so i'm just gonna read his email here it's pertaining to something that we talked about last week. He said, hello, everyone. I apologize for not emailing last week. That's okay, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, forgive you. <laughs> I did want to know that League of Legends is the third most watched sport for the people between the ages of 18 and 34, approximately 73% of the viewership. I think it's great news, but it is important to note that it's the third most watched sport. It isn't the third most watched sport overall. The top three are still NFL MLB and NBA across all age ranges. Uh, so I was talking okay. to him about this a little bit. And if you take out everyone above the age of 34, uh, th- I think that's fuck them. That's <laughs> like that is. I think oh, he said, "Get eight, out of here, boomers." Eighty percent of people who watch MLB so uh-huh. baseball. So baseball, no one in the younger bracket cares about baseball. So if you just take out everyone above 34, that's when. Uh, League of Legends will jump up. Maybe okay. baseball needs to get together with E3. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> It'll save the MLB. MLB press conference. At E3. Announcing <laughs> perfect. the MLBU. <laughs> oh, God. Um, he goes on to say, I am also willing to invest into your gaming bar show, eSports, showing eSports. Or eSports. See, that's what I'm telling you. eSports ya. bar and pizzeria. <laughs> <laughs> I think it needs gambling and beer as well as but and I, no, <laughs> but I think those things w- will make everything better. <laughs> I do know bachelor viewing parties on Monday nights. Let's say yeah, bachelor viewing parties on Monday nights at bars have been successful. Andrew, as long as you're doing your work and Wendy doesn't see you, you can play Legends of Runeterra. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Wash your damn hands, Frank. Steve. <laughs> Frank is our head of HR who takes giant dumps and then doesn't oh, wash his yeah, hands. Oh, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> really gross. Um, all right. Thank you, Steve. Duly noted that it is not the third most watched sport. For those age ranges. It's the fourth. But Okay, so still not a huge so drop So when you off. say watch, is this something that's mostly online? Yeah. Yeah, it's watched yeah. online. Are there channels where you could watch a lot of... Um, on TV? Sometimes ESPN yeah. will do other like bigger esports sure. events. Like They'll do uh, Evo finals for yeah. certain games and the Overwatch League finals, but I don't think anything partic- like League of Legends has been... League of Legends has never been on TV. TBS yeah. had Counter-Strike for a little while. Yep. Um, so there are some esports that are popping up on TV, but almost everything is through Twitch sure. or YouTube. Now, I'm sure the point of comparison, this is maybe not the best uh, analogy because, you know, the big sort of cable base um, television um, networks are kind of dying off. Yeah. But obviously, like something like um, the Super Bowl is massive and people Mm -hmm. still tune in to TV. Like yeah. Channel 10 or NBC or whatever Mm -hmm. to watch those things. Now, do you think there's ever a chance that 
that esports could end up something of that level I, because i think that's the big distinction right now is that those things millions of people still tune in to watch the super bowl so am i correct in saying that the world championships for league of legends had more viewers than the super bowl the finals for i Worlds? don't know you'll have to check i'll double check break. that or right now yeah um i'm fairly certain it was higher or close to um so so i now now my curious my curious thought would be what would what percentage of that viewership was simply U.S.? Because you can't say, it, because it, you have the world watching those. Yeah, that's true. Whereas the the world doesn't watch the Super Bowl. Right. If the world watched the Super Bowl, I think the numbers would be a little less comparable. But then again, no one in well, what the, about outside like, the to, U.S. cares about. To be fair, the world could watch the Super Bowl. There's nothing stopping yeah. them. Yeah, but most of the world doesn't like American football. True. What about and soccer? Though, the World Cup is massive. It, it does not compare to soccer in the on the planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, think it, I would say that'd be a little bit of a comparison. Did yeah. you know that field hockey is the number three watch sport in the world? Really? I did not. I did. I just learned that the other day. It was it's um, soccer, cricket, uh, field hockey. Interesting, huh. right? And then shuffleboard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. World Championship Poker. Um. Yeah. The League 2019 World Championships had. 44 million peak concurrent viewers. Um, Yeah, it's a lot of people. (laughs) So it's not like the same rubric that Netflix uses for their ratings where they're like, these people watch five minutes of this television show, so we count it. (laughs) Yeah, no, this was at the most, there was 44 million people watching at once. Wow. You watched the preview of this show for approximately two seconds before shutting it yeah. off. So. We're counting that as a view. Yeah. Dude, oh, it's a view. Did you guys know you can shut that off now? I shut yeah, it off. It's yeah, it's the greatest it thing is ever. It is the absolute greatest. Yeah. I'm so happy about it. No um, more previews. No more auto-loading. Yep. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's pain in the butt. Um, oh, here we go. Super Bowl uh, was watched by 99.9 million viewers in the U.S., so I guess I was very off by that. <laughs> what is 21.8? Oh, yeah. No, I was wrong. Not even close. Maybe next year, boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, hey, esports are still definitely on the up and up. Yeah, growing for sure. Well, it's interesting because like when you're watching football, mm-hmm. there's millions of dollars spent on advertising. Mm-hmm. Oh for, yeah, for like a thirty second commercial for for soda for television shows for movies laundry when detergent. Not, when you're watching League of Legends. It's advertising itself. It is, but they also have advertisements. Dr. Pepper sponsors the pauses in the game. Team Soda Mist. Or no, Kit Kat does. Sure, but but I I guess what I'm getting at is that when you're watching Super Bowl, you're not like, all right, now I'm going to become a football player. Yeah, that's true. With League of Legends, there's a little more of a... I'm going to be a League of Legends player. Like You go and play the game. I mean, it's just so much more accessible. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's very much promoting itself. And because it's being run by Riot Games, the people who make uh, the game they're able to very much just promote themselves as much as they mm. want and it works it's awesome do you think sometime down the line we'll have people spending millions of dollars to do a laundry detergent ad in the world finals i give it 10 years okay all right <laughs> I'll, I'll quote you on that okay <laughs> write it down um ten, remind me 10 years from now so just, just put an alarm in your phone <laughs> <laughs> assuming i don't break this phone by then alexa Remind me in 10 years that League of Legends is going to have laundry commercials. Yes. 
<laughs> That's gonna freak me out. All right, we got we got a, an echo reminder for that one, so it'll be good. Um, uh, uh, in, in ten years from now, when Alexa has you like pinned down to the ground <laughs> in the robot revolution, it's just like, oh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, are there laundry now get commercials? Back to work. <laughs> um. All right. What have you guys been playing lately? Anything new? Anything noteworthy? So I just wanted to. You skipped one very important news piece. Oh boy. I usually the ask. I forgot the upcoming Lego and Mario uh, crossover. Was is that? Did you important? not see that announcement? That was, I did. My coworker okay. Jin, who's obsessed with Legos, t- uh, texted me about it. I didn't include it because I didn't think it was that important. It's kind of cool. People are speculating. (laughs) People are saying that it confirms a Nintendo Direct coming up soon because it said in the description on the site, announced in an upcoming Nintendo Direct. People literally say there's always a Nintendo Direct coming. I know, but this is the one where people are like, oh, maybe there's some ground to it. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) But no, that's pretty cool. Derek, you're a Lego guy. I don't don't care what it is, but I'll probably buy it. Yeah, I'm not surprised. (laughs) So will Jin. Jin will absolutely buy it. All right. Anyways, anyone <laughs> been playing anything new and noteworthy lately? Yep. What, what? Don't say Super Metroid. I won't. Okay, what have you been playing? <laughs> I, I, so I downloaded this game called Gato Roboto. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. The, the, uh, it's like a Metroid-like where you play as a yeah. cat and it's monochrome. I finished Super on, Metroid what? and I was just like, well, I want to play more of this style of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my the co-host of my podcast, Tony, said, like, you have to play Gato Roboto. And it's essentially... Just like Super Metroid, mm, okay. except for its sort of its Game Boy uh, style mm-hmm. for the visuals, real simple. But you're a cat and a me- me- right. mech suit. Okay, yeah, that sounds amazing. It is <laughs> so great. Uh, it's really funny because essentially what happens is uh, there's this astronaut and he's in a spaceship and crash lands on this planet and has to go on this kind of sort of uh, mission on the planet to mm-hmm. kind of various tasks in mm-hmm. order to get the ship back up and running but he's incapacitated because of the crash so he sends his cat named oh. kiki uh and so there's this uh back and forth communication between them and kiki only ever responds with like purr sounds and like <laughs> dot 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 ellipses yeah. uh, and he's always just like oh kiki you're so funny he's like oh i think the blood is rushing to my brain <laughs> so there's like this sort of subtext of him losing his mind yeah. as this cat is going through in a giant <laughs> that's mech suit. amazing yeah it's like eight bucks on switch you should you're Solid. done with super metroid you should download it you'll love it nice i mean I the, the probably gameplay have to check it out. is like yeah. Yeah. the gameplay is like identical um where you're upgrading mm-hmm. your mech suit right. yeah uh, like a metroidvania and, and the bosses are slightly harder than the rest of the game um, but it's a, it's it's so much fun. Nice, sweet. Yeah, I've heard a lot of cool things about that game. Yeah. I'm, really, I've never heard of it before. I think it's on my watch list or my favorite. Uh, what's it called? The like wish list. Yeah, my wish list. When did it come out? This year? Last last year. Last year? Okay. Yeah. Cool. So if you're looking for another uh, Metroidvania, Axiom Verge. Okay. Is on is on that the, one's on the Switch. been on my list for a uh, while. That's on my list. It too. is um okay, just clubby? yeah just like it it is. I uh, I wouldn't say a Metroid clone, but um, pretty darn close. It's very very yeah, close. The, from what it's I've like seen, the mo- it's a style. modern Metroid. I would yeah. say, um, but same like two D, two D what Axiom Verge, Verge. A X I O M, yeah. and the sequel is uh, coming out this year. Yeah, right? the sequel is coming out this year. That was what got me into well, back into Metroidvania. As I say, I'd say because I played a lot when I was younger, but mm-hmm. hadn't in a while, and that was what got me hooked again. For me, it was. Uh, 
the show, the probably the one game that that you talk about on this show is Hollow. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's it was just amazing, and that's so good. Um, that's why I started playing uh, Super Metroid because mm-hmm. I played Hollow yeah. Knight, and then I played some games for for my podcast, uh, and uh, and then I wanted something that was in that vein to go back yeah. to Hollow Knight yeah. as we were waiting for the sequel, and I was like, oh, Super Metroid, which I had never played. Yeah. yeah. After Hollow Knight 2, I was like on a real Metroidvania kick. I was like, I got to play all of these. We're, we're going to talk about Super Metroid, I think, a lot. Yeah, we will. Or um, Hollow Knight a lot while we're talking about Super Most Metroid. Likely. So. Um, cool. And you and else? You got yeah, that? as you mentioned earlier, Matt, I have been playing 2016's Doom. Yes. Uh, I don't know exactly how far I am, probably like seven to ten hours in. It's... It's good. I'm enjoying it. I got it on the Switch, which I regret mm. because it's definitely I can just tell from playing it is the inferior version. Like the you know graphical fidelity and the frame yeah. rate are just not you know very smooth. I assume compared to the other one, I haven't actually like seen gameplay of any better versions. Uh, but basically, I'm just playing it to get a sense of the gameplay and finish it before Eternal comes out, so then I can play that. That uh, comes out this week, right? Next week. Uh, Next nine week. days. Yeah. The same day as Animal Crossing. Yes. <laughs> uh, we will be purchasing Animal Crossing in, in my home because <laughs> my yeah. wife is obsessed with it. Derek yeah. convinced me to get it for the first time ever. I've never played an Animal Crossing. Yeah, I'm gonna, I gave New Leaf a shot, so I'm going to give this one a shot just to form an opinion. Um, but yeah, Doom has been fun. I've been on uh, the fence about that Doom. I loved playing the original, but yeah. then I was just like, I kind of need a break from this. But I heard that one's pretty cool. But I know they're kind of different especially visually obviously they look yeah. very different oh, yeah. but playing the original on the switch is great because um you know back when it came out it was it had that thing i don't i don't remember the term for it where you know it's loading in the background like the rendering like, yeah kind of render I guess distance so. yeah so it, it like you'd watch and it was like oh there's nothing up mm-hmm. ahead but that's gone now with the new yeah. version yeah so it's still got that you know the earlier graphics but it's just a well-designed <laughs> game it's a lot of fun yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty satisfying killing demons. It's yeah. pretty challenging as well. Violent. Yeah, uh, I it is not. It is I not easy it when I played it. Um, yeah, and I think the best part about it is it keeps up that kind of fast-paced gameplay from the original mm-hmm. Doom. Uh, Did you play the original? I have played the original. I don't think I've ever finished it, but I have played it a few times. I've never played Doom two though, and so now I'm like, should I play Doom two? I have played Doom three. Uh, I don't think I finished it, but um, I know. I it's uh what's the word I'm looking for it it's like the new Doom blows Doom three out of the water um uh, I do one day want to finish Doom three though redundant redundant uh overshadowed just, it's missing what Doom and Doom the original yeah, I heard Doom the had three was a slight variation to the game and yeah. people were like oh this isn't quite what it's, it's more it tries to lean more on like the scariness of you know fighting demons sure um which that you know that's not what doom was about yeah it, i don't think anybody playing doom was ever yeah. scared of killing demons i would I mean, say I my pants. uh <laughs> quake 4 is a better successor to doom that's than uh doom 3 actually was anyone else have anything they've been playing anything new uh i played more final fantasy 7 ah um, all right give me the update i just finished the part where you go into Don Don Corneo's Corneo's Don Corneo's and you have to get all the clothes and, and you, dress up. Yeah. I thought I was like, "Ooh, yeah, I definitely got all the right stuff. He's going to pick me." And then he picked Eris and I was like, "What the fuck?" So I turned it off and <laughs> went back <laughs> and said, "What did I miss?" And I missed the the perfume? 
No, I got the perfect. I missed the tiara. Which one is that? Is that the one where you have to? You have to go talk to the guy who's at like sleeping in the and uh, he in tells you, can you go to the inn and the go medicine to the vending guy? machine? No, yeah. the you have to go to the vending machine and buy the most expensive thing in the vending machine in the inn, and then you bring it back to him and he gives you the tiara, the diamond tiara. Oh is, wait, which guy? He's is... like not so if 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 you're in the bait like the bottom area, yeah, and there's like two paths. He's like the guy is making soup or something. He's oh, like in the yeah. building above and that. And then after that, he's just like, oh, come back later. The soup will be ready then. Yeah, yeah. He just says that for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. And yeah. then I didn't get the um, the makeup and like the lingerie. I didn't go to the uh, club or whatever. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, I missed like two things. Damn it. It's so ingrained in my brain that I just automatically – I. I think you have to do all those things, but you don't. You yeah. can get by with just one or two. Like I think you can get by with just the dress, right? Yeah. All you need, I think, is the dress. Yeah. But I'm, I have the game or that part of the game ingrained yeah. so much that I automatically <laughs> bounce around and go get all the little doodads. Um, cool. You liking it? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I feel like I'm not like far enough into the game to really uh, have an opinion about the battle system because I feel like I've played like six battles. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I don't, like. I, I mean, it doesn't. Uh, it's probably more than that, but like it's I definitely feel like, more than that. Uh, I just feel like I haven't done it. Like, or I feel like I'm at not at the point where it's like fleshed out enough. Yeah. So like I'm kind of just like auto attacking everything. Just like yeah, just smashing X. Like I don't need to strategize. You can get yet. by early by just hitting the X button. Once you're out of Midgar and you have access to more material and you're fighting more varied enemies, that's when it becomes right, right. important to kind of start using different spells and stuff. But yeah, I, I I'm liking it. I'm gonna keep playing it and hopefully uh, finish up before the remake comes out. Sweet. Um, I played Call of Duty Warzone yesterday. Oh yes, yeah. So that. is that the mobile one? No, no it's the new BR. They, yeah, they shadow dropped a battle royale. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's cool. I like it. It like every other battle royale that comes out, it's doing one or two new things that are really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously the Call of Duty shooting mechanics have always been good, so mm. if that works, you're not going to be worried about how the game feels. It's going to play well. It's more so about those little things that they add. It's 150 players at a time, so I noticed that it definitely feels more... Uh, running into people isn't as much of a, oh shit moment, because you're doing it more often. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I played for about two hours yesterday. There's the whole system where you earn money and you can find uh, crates that you can buy things from. So you can buy some kill streak type things. You can buy ammo. You can buy armor. Uh, if you, one of your teammate dies, if you die, you go to a place called the, the, gulag. the gulag. I always oh, forget what? what it's called. I call it the Gabagool. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically uh, a bathroom. It's a prison what? bathroom. And you just 1v1 another guy who died. And whoever wins gets out and goes back to the map what? yeah you yeah. have to do that once a match yeah it's a really cool mechanic it's fun that's amazing and yeah. if you die again after that your teammates can spend money to buy you back at one of the shopping cart places so that's it's cool, cool too. it's fun yeah like i said a lot we'll of have to give that a, a trot it is 80 gigs 89 gigs on pc never mind yeah, yeah. it's a it's, big because it, i think it has you download the entire modern warfare because it's through modern warfare oh. it's not its own thing you do you have to buy Modern Warfare? No. no it's free. So you can download yeah. it for free, but it won't let you access the rest of the game. It huh. only lets you play um, the Warzone mode. Warzone, yeah. hmm. But it's interesting. It's worth it. Did you yeah. try the other mode? Uh, Plunder? No, no. I didn't know I that had, was a I thing. I didn't get a chance to try it either. I so. didn't know that was a thing until today. I was listening to a different podcast and they brought it up because yeah. uh, Tikan was our, our party leader. Okay. And he, I just, 
that was one of my big things is not having played Modern Warfare at all. I jumped in and there were menus and crazy stuff out of here and a battle pass and making loadouts yeah. and I was very overwhelmed. <laughs> there was so much and I basically ignored all of it and just let him hit start and go into it and was just thinking there's I don't need to spend money or my time figuring out any of these menus because this gameplay is solid enough and I don't care about all the cosmetic nonsense that they have there. But it's fun. You should definitely, if you have the gigabyte space, no yeah, reason no, not to I download do. it. Yeah, <laughs> download it and give it a shot. It's fun. Maybe. I don't ever plan on playing it on my own. I'll right. only ever play it when Tcon texts me and says, hey, let's play some rounds of this. And if I'm not doing anything, I'll definitely hop on and do that with him. So uh, I tried to play it yesterday by myself. How'd that go? Uh, terrible. I had a, uh, an awful time, and I'm, it, I was not thinking about playing it again until you talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> just now yeah, yeah. Uh, join tcon and i we'll have a yeah we'll have a good time can, it's fun uh mainly because i would drop in and i did like one thing so i, I like i play apex legends a lot and i am mm-hmm. comparing this a lot to apex legends when i'm playing it because they're both uh three-player squad based shooters uh or battle royales but they're the my or one of the best things about apex legends was their um is their uh, jump master uh, yes. mechanic. I thought this too. So it in Apex Legends, when you jump out of the plane it, or out of the, the dropper or whatever, the person who's the jump master leads you to your lo- drop location. You can like branch off, but it gives you a sense of like, okay, our whole squad is going to the same place. We're all on the same page. We're going here and... Uh, like we'll be all next to each other. If someone breaks off, you go, okay, now I know someone's not with us, so it's just me and this other guy. Or if they both break off and leave you alone, then you're all alone and you know. But in Warzone, uh, trying, I was trying to like coordinate with uh, my teammates on where we drop. Like there's a ping system where you, so you can mm-hmm. ping like where you're going. But it never felt like we were together as a squad. So every time I'd like fall down, like I don't know where my teammates are. Uh, I got a shotgun. I try to kill a guy. Okay, I killed him. Oh, another guy kills me. Okay, I go to the gulag. Gabagool. <laughs> and I like don't know what else is happening. So it definitely seems like it does not uh, work well with the solo player, which is why I hope they create they a solo put mode. Out a solo mode. Uh, this one. So Apex Legends thrives as being a team based thing because you have abilities and right. you want to kind of create a comp that works well together. Whereas this game doesn't have abilities, so be a solo mode would work well. Um, and uh, yeah, I noticed someone is declared the jump master right. in yeah, Warzone. They're, they're but when yeah, when they jump out, the other people don't jump out with them automatically, yeah, which is w- what's mm. the point of them being the jump master? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. I had that complaint as well. Um, and Interesting. I do like some of this. I say, uh, did you do, like do any like objectives or whatever? I picked up a kill contract and went okay. and killed a guy and got mad money for it. That was pretty cool. So uh, I I ended up doing one and that brought me to like a uh, the airport and I went up like a tower and I was sitting the top of the tower and I like captured it and then someone put a kill contract out me on me and I was like oh shit. So I like just sat like camped in this tower like up an elevator with like a shotgun and one by one like the three guys came up and I just like killed all three of them. I was like holy shit! <laughs> like I'm all by myself because my other two teammates dropped out of the game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I'll have to give it another shot. There's and some fun little mini games built into it, yeah, like kill contracts. It's more than just a battle royale. Yeah. So yeah, play with yeah. Tikan and I. I think yeah, we'll have, have a good time, guys. Um. Cool. One last thing I want to bring up is Ori and the Will of the Wisps came out today, which yep. is another Metroidvania that I think you would like, Matt. Uh, the original Ori and the Blind Forest is on Switch. It's in our video game book club list. We're Which, gonna so play this it. new one is not for the Switch. No, the new one's only on Xbox and PC right but now. It should probably eventually come out. It will, yeah, eventually. inevitably. Um, but I signed up for Game Pass. 
Nice. It cost me a dollar, and now I'm playing Ori and the Will of, Lis- Will of the Wisps for one dollar. Wait, you're playing it before? Or, wait, or did you already play Ori? No, I didn't. Uh, I don't think they're very story connected. Mm. I, I might be wrong. Uh, I don't know. There's a oh, little, maybe, I don't know. I thought but maybe like, I played the beginning of Ori in the okay. Blind Forest, so but I want to play this game because everyone says it's a fast improvement, and I right. want to kind of play okay. it to have a good sense of how it is and keep track for Game of the Year stuff later in the year. I think some of the gameplay of Will of the Wisp will spoil a little bit of the end of Ori One, but I'm not it's that not invested major. about it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I signed up for Game Pass. Cool. I've been toying with the idea for a while, and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna bite the bullet. I'll play Ori. If I play Ori, and which would have been thirty dollars, and I play Halo at the end of the year, which will be sixty bucks, that'll basically right. pay it out right there. Yeah. So there's no reason not to, especially because this first month was a dollar. So yeah, cool. Everyone, anyone else got something you want to talk about? In the games? Uh, not any other games, but I watched Castlevania Season 3. Don't say anything about it yet because it's I'm very good. Okay, that's you all. should watch it. I'm working on it. I started over. I'm like a couple episodes into Season 2. I wanted to get a refresher on the whole series. Have you watched Castlevania? I've watched Season 1. What'd and you think? I liked it. Yeah? yeah. Uh, but I, I, for some reason, I just haven't watched the season two or three you should go back to it yeah it's really yeah. cool yeah it does some fun it's stuff it's written by warren ellis who's a comic book writer oh really yep cool what has he done lots of stuff sweet <laughs> comic yeah. books jeff i think you'd really like it if you watched the rest yeah of the, i like the first the season. season i thought it was interesting yeah season two takes some cool turns that you don't expect yeah which is fun mm-hmm. um turns out it was dracula it was dracula all along did wow. you know his son's name is alucard which is dracula backwards <laughs> did you know that he's a doctor <laughs> did you know he's a vampire yeah <laughs> all right let's take a break uh, <laughs> and then when we come back we'll talk about super metroid for our book club We played Super Metroid. <laughs> the last Metroid is in captiv- captivity. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we played Super peace. Metroid for the video game book club. Um, what I'm curious, did we talk about what our experience was? Yeah, we talked about all of our experiences with Metroid games prior to this. Yes. A little yeah, bit. Kind of. Kind of. I remember. Two, last week. Last week. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Whenever we decided. I think when we picked it out. Is yeah. When, uh, what's your history with Metroid games, Matthew? Uh, I play the original. Jeff. Okay. What? You didn't ask Matt the quintessential Game Sharks question. Oh my God! Hold on, everything needs to go on pause. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Okay. When we have a new guest on, uh-huh. we ask them three questions. Okay. But not till the I'm middle sure, of the episode. <laughs> I'm sure you're familiar with this. Yeah. What is your first video game memory? Uh, my first video game memory was probably playing in Mem and Pep's kitchen. Kitchen? Huh. Yeah. Uh, they had a small TV, and it was probably an atari and okay. it was, i'm sure it was one of our uncle's system so i was yeah. really really little yeah uh the only game that i remember vividly is probably pitfall but okay. that's a game that i think a lot of people yeah are familiar with yeah the one of the atari classics I yeah think. but that's probably my first memories of playing in that kitchen um and i know dad our dad had a ColecoVision? He sure did. <laughs> he wow. still has oh, it. still in the basement. Yep. An Intellivision, mm-hmm. which is a, another variation on these things. Yeah. All doing similar type things. And I'm pretty sure he had an Atari as well. 
That's I why know. he bought the Atari Jaguar. I know he had a Jaguar. He's a big fan of Atari and <laughs> yeah. he wanted to come back, and he's not always the brightest when it comes to predicting Do you technology. Think, have you heard about the Atari Hotel or really? <laughs> no. Do you think Dad will go stay at the Atari? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to talk about it. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably my first memory. All right. What's your favorite video game of all time? Of all time? All time. I can't do that. What's? Give me a, like, a couple. What's the general realm of favorite video games? Uh, yeah, Jeff cheated too. Yeah, you I did. I went you back. Did. You never said one. I went back retroactively. The, yes, you retroactively, did. But then the next Final episode, you, you took it back. No, you I were didn't. Like, eh, well, maybe. <laughs> it's Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite game of all time? Uh, approximately. Um, approximately. What's your favorite video game right now? Right now. If you yeah, because like like me, it changes every once in a while. But like, I don't know. I don't really. That's tricky for video games for me. Like, if you were like, all right, what's your favorite movie of 1943? I could do that. But okay. um, but for video games, it, uh, I've never really been like, that's my favorite. I can say that I love Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. That's a game that I've re- I've come back to a number yeah, of times. That's, that's uh, their favorites. Well, yeah, one, Andrew yeah. has two favorites, so he cheated too. Yeah. Wind Waker is a, an amazing game. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Right, I don't because I don't play Tetris? as much as yeah. you guys do. I do love Tetris is life. Okay, so it's <laughs> probably Tetris. It's probably Tetris. Yeah. Just Tetris is life. Yeah, gun to your head. It's more life, complicated yeah. than that. It's like being in a bad relationship. We'll say Tetris. <laughs> uh, and then who's your Super Smash Brothers main? I. <laughs> if you were gonna play Super Smash Brothers, who would you play? Gun to your head. Um, <laughs> who's in it? Uh, do you want me to look up? A <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've 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 only played it like a handful of times. I could never get into Smash Brothers. So I'm going to show you no, a picture. From the podcast. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm going to show you a picture of all the characters in the game, and you're going to tell me uh-huh. which one you would want to play as. Uh, okay. I'm trying to find one that also has the DLC in it. I can't okay. find one. So we're just going to do – oh, here's one. Uh, yeah, here we go. All That's right. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys. A lot There's of like 70-something. Closer to 80 now? Is it? Mm-hmm. Is this the Take newest version of the game? This is the newest version. This is the version Andrew and I are playing when you walked in. I can't even read this. Let me do this. Make it bigger. Oh! Ah, your your session will expire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're, I'm just going to go. Ready? Okay. Mario, Donkey Kong, Link, no, Samus. No, do not do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had to pick to I, play. I'll pick Mega Man. You're going to pick Mega Man? All yeah. Right. I yeah. love Mega Man. He's very technically complicated. It's I don't fun. care. I'm not going to play the game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is the Joker? He's from Persona 5. Okay. Looking cool, Joker. It's ballsy to name a character Joker. Yeah. He's yeah. probably better than the other Joker. Yo, I had a hot take. What? I had a hot take that I think you might appreciate. What's that? Sherlock and Moriarty are a better version of Batman and Joker. I mean, it's similar, but they're but better. No. Yeah, definitely not. Wouldn't it be the original version? I mean, have you read <laughs> have, have you read the original books? No, but or are you basing it off of I'm basing, if you're basing it off the TV show then no. Yo, no, it's no. so good. No, it's not. Yeah. Oh, do you not like Sherlock? It's fine. Oh, Aggressively you, fine. You suck. It's so good. <laughs> I love that show. All right. I don't have an opinion on any of that and I'm loving this. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and on that note, Super Metroid, we all yes. played. So what's your history with Metroid, Matt? I played the original. Okay. Uh and uh, for whatever reason, our father never allowed me to have a Super Nintendo. Yeah, that's so weird. I feel yeah. like I missed out because you didn't have a Super Nintendo. Yeah, well, it, it, we skipped it. And the only reason I had an original Nintendo is because my uncles bought it for me. 
Oh, and so dad was like, you're not going to have a Nintendo. You're not going to have a Nintendo. And then all the uncles got together. We're an Atari only family. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> I think how at that point we didn't. We, I think it was just like sometimes he gets it stuck in his head. Like if he can't have if he doesn't have that connection to it, then it's just like, no. Yeah. Right. So shut it down. Simpsons. Great. Ren and Stimpy, you're not allowed to watch Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> really? Because it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he very much imparted it's really, his will. And it's yeah. really arbitrary. I see, I see parts of that in Jeff. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Anyway, so I got a regular, the first Nintendo, because all the uncles got together, pitched in and bought it for me mm-hmm. for Christmas. Uh, and then, so afterwards, we skipped the Super Nintendo. Now, my friend Nate... Um, he had a Super Nintendo, so I would go over to his house, and I believe I watched him play Super, um, Super Metroid, and mm-hmm. I probably played a little bit, like very, very little, right? Uh, because there were definitely moments was like, yeah, this feels familiar, but I never played or beat the game. Yeah. So it could be one of those games where I tangentially experienced it through my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I think I had dabbled in some of the first person ones what's the metroid first prime, prime? Metroid i think prime. i played metroid prime yeah. on the gamecube yeah you guys yeah. had a gamecube when you lived with chris chilton correct right? yeah yep mm-hmm. cool so i think that does it for the cool yeah um so i guess most of us were coming in relatively blind um i had most recently i think about two years ago played metroid zero mission which is a remake of the original game mm-hmm. but it's on game boy advance more so it's pretty close to the style of uh, Super Metroid. So, yeah, I don't know. How do we want to start this? Do we want to go one person at a time, kind of give thoughts and let the discussion just kind of no, evolve? I think everyone there? should talk at the same time. Okay, ready? I think Super... You guys didn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> See, it doesn't work. Um, all right, I guess let's just start with Andrew. Give me your general thoughts on Super Metroid. What, what did you think? This is the best Metroidvania that's not Hollow Knight. Huh. huh. Is that fair to say when it is... You know, the, the Metroid Vendetra for the name. Half, half of it. Um, I mean, only because, yes. it, yeah. You see, uh, that, my coin, that to- term is coined from this game. This yes. game in Castlevania Symphony yeah. of the Night, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, I so obviously, like you said, we're going to be talking about Hollow Knight a lot, lot yeah. alongside this. So, I think that until Hollow Knight came out, this was the best Metroidvania game. I think that this game does everything that a Metroidvania is known for so well but Hollow Knight just perfects it. And I think I was spoiled by playing Hollow Knight first because I will always compare everything to it. Yeah. But I still loved all of Metroid, Super Metroid. Hmm. So I have off the top of my head two games that I would put above this one. One of them, Symphony of the Night. Two of them are the ones you haven't played. Yeah, Symphony of the Night I think is better than this game. Mm -hmm. And I also think uh, Metroid Zero Mission is better than this game. Okay, let me rephrase what I said. This is the best that I have played. Okay. (laughs) That's not Hollow Knight. That's fair. Okay. Uh, I yeah, haven't played Symphony of the Night, so don't know. Um, But I've played a few others. I played Ori. Um, Actually, I might have only played Ori. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but it was still great. Like, I loved uh, almost all of it. Um... But like I said, playing Hollow Knight first definitely tampered that a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is sad because I definitely see the impact that this game had and all of the good things about it. Uh, but it will never, nothing will ever surpass Hollow Knight for me. Yeah, but you can't turn into a little ball in Hollow Knight. <laughs> Maybe in the sequel. Yeah, but you can <laughs> turn into a spooky ghost. Silk ball. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of elaborate. What What did you really like about it? Why do you think it's so good? It's just 
th- just super solid. Like all of the gameplay is nice. The progression, the exploration is fun. It's very straightforward for the most part in what you're trying to do. Uh, you know, the it's like, oh, let me explore until I find a new power. And then I use that power to explore more. And then I, you know, you're just ping-ponging around, getting all these cool upgrades and shooting aliens and exploring these vast, vastly different locations. Uh, and the, the gunplay is smooth. Uh, the, you know, the lore is interesting. The areas are cool. The music is great. Like, all of it was just super solid. Now, I am not personally a fan of shooter style games i think that's also why i like hollow knight way more is because i like the the platformer sword play aspect um but this was still super fun all the way through sweet what do you think derek um i would put it somewhere in the list of metroidvanias that i've played (laughs) uh is it a good game in 1991 when it came out, ninety four, ninety four, sure, yeah, definitely. Uh, but it felt very aged in my hands. That is how I felt as well. So I'm kind of on the same uh, boat as Andrew, where I think it's a very solid Metroidvania, and like the map is awesome, the music's awesome, the power curve is awesome, where you're unlocking new abilities. My biggest gripes with this game is kind of some of how the mechanics worked, and. Yeah. The platforming. The platforming is bad. It's so <laughs> it's intentional. So when you say the platforming is bad, like so, so what do you mean? Elaborate. The feeling of the jump. So when you hit the jump, oh, like yeah. when you hit the jump button in Super Mario, you know exactly his trajectory and where he's going to land and how he's going to act. I felt like playing this game, I struggled with controlling Samus a lot. And I think mm-hmm. they did that intentionally because you're in a space suit and you're in space and whatnot and that's kind of the vibe is she's supposed to be floaty but i felt like there were so many times where i was jumping and i was trying to make micro uh reactions to kind of land in a specific spot and i would either it would not register it perfectly or i would go to way too far in a direction and i think when she does the spinning jump it to something about it it kind of messed with her trajectory and i felt like i had no control of her when she was in the air yeah i i do agree on those points uh, I kind of s- sort of don't. Do you like it? Well, you know what it could be is like I grew up with those games. That's true. And a lot of that stuff didn't feel clunky. Now, it did have a few things that were felt counterintuitive to me. So like the big one is obviously when you are supposed to repel off of the wall. Oh, it was I took really forever to yeah, learn how to wall jump. Very difficult. Um, because it's counter to how you're used to that, where you're usually jumping into the wall and you're pressing towards the wall, where this has you press away from the wall. And it's like and such a small window. window. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't have any issues with just normal jumping or anything or getting around or any of the kind of any other mechanics. And then the other thing with the wall jump is like you need it for like maybe like two moments. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. other than that, once you acquire a few other. Um, upgrades it's kind of yeah like the high uh, high jump boots and yep. the grapple beam yep. yeah in the spin the uh, space jump yep yeah All the space stuff. jump completely invalidated everything else in this game so the space jump sucks sucks i was having so many issues i would spend 10 minutes on a screen where i had to use my space jump to get up and i would do it three times and for some reason the fourth that- time wouldn't register and she would just spin 
until so is I that hit the, the one ground. where you run fast and then stop and then no, no that's that's the, the one where you can that's jump the in the air forever. Spark. Yeah, shiny. Oh, uh, oh, so the one where you're just kind of yeah, you're keep like, jumping. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, that that that's wonky. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had a lot of problems with the space jump. Yeah, so th- like you were saying, Andrew, it's a very good Metroidvania, but there are so many mechanical things that I struggled with that I think people seem to overlook. And I think this game should be knocked for it. I don't think people put this in top three, top five games of all time. Yeah. And I think there are games like Hollow Knight, which are doing what this did, but much better that aren't giving the credit that they're deserved because it's it's not as old. I it, think it's like Hollow Knight took the formula and perfected it instead of creating the formula. Yeah. And I, I don't know. You you do a lot of uh, reviewing and listing of movies and kind of like placing them in an order. What is sure. your opinion on like... Uh, best of all time lists where a lot of the older stuff doesn't get removed as time goes on, even though there could be things that are better, but people consider because this is older, it's inherently better, which I never limitations of the time. Yeah. So like, I don't Uh, number of factors. Really? Yeah. I don't, we just did an episode on the Beatles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And our two guests had never listened to the Beatles. And which is weird. Yeah. One of the most popular bands. Right. Yeah. Like even the hits. I mean, I think they kind of like they passively would have yeah, listened to it. Like they absorbed them. Yeah, right. They're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I've heard this. But they never actively listened to the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a difference between being in the mall and, and hearing, hearing here comes Sergeant Pepper's Lonely's or Heart Club Band Something. and actually sitting down and listening to A Day in the Life. Yeah. Now, their argument was that why would I need to go back to this old thing when this new thing uh-huh. exists? Okay. But I feel sometimes that when you do that, you're sort of neglecting history mm-hmm. and i think sometimes putting the thing in the context of when it was made is a helpful distinction because the same same thing's going to happen to hollow Knight. yeah things are going to change right right and in 10 to 20 years from now we may look at hollow Knight and like well that's quaint you know things are different or someone that's younger than you may approach hollow Knight <laughs> and be like you never know yeah <laughs> exactly uh, so um because people said the same things about the beatles but these guys are sitting here saying like well why do I need to listen to the Beatles yeah. when Death Cab for Cutie exists, which is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so like I think for me a lot of times and what I said in that episode is what I like to do is listen or watch older things. And like y- you're playing Hollow Knight, uh, you're watching Marvel movies, and when you're in it and you're talking about games week to week, um, you can see patterns. Mm-hmm. When you go back to older things, you sometimes they feel new and fresh because they're separated from that context. And the thing that's exciting about the older thing is discovering the context. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know for video games like it's different because like there's an active sort of participation involved. So when it comes to something like older movies, like when I go back and watch Citizen Kane. I'm sorry, but it's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Citizen Kane is amazing. Really? Yes. I had a conversation with someone today about how I hate Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah. I, that's hard for me to wrap my head around because I think watching it now, it feels like a modern movie. And a lot of what it does, a lot of modern movies do not do. And it's such a bummer because it approaches storytelling from this. Uh, every image is completely thought through so each frame tells a story within the story and it's all contributing to this larger whole and it was the first movie to really have a lot of subtext at least it did it wasn't as like um i don't want to say on the nose because there are plenty of older movies that had some subtext but it uses metaphor a lot Mm -hmm. more than and it was one of the first movies to do that and it's 
gorgeous. And when I watch it now, I have no idea how they did half of, how they shot half of the stuff. Uh, and I think it's such a compelling watch, and I think it has some remarkable performances. So I don't know if it's an apples to apples kind of comparison when yeah. it comes to video games, because again, there's the partic- participation. Yeah. And and there were the limitations of the controller for the original Nintendo or for the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. which when you're playing on a s- system that has a little more s- sophistication, that maybe doesn't translate. Is that fair to an older game? I don't know. I don't know if that's fair. So I went, so I got to the point where you get the grapple Mm -hmm. and I got extremely, extremely, extremely frustrated. I like couldn't do it. I literally had to put the game down. I could not get past the next like grapple part. The grapple beam is another clunky. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it doesn't see, I I got so used to it. I thought it was was pretty easy. You see, I think one of the reasons that I actually ended up enjoying it more than it seems you have is because I found myself getting used to the mechanics fairly quickly. Like the wall jump, like we said, is bullshit and should not exist. Uh, But I I ended up trying to sequence break part of the game for about an hour, trying to get to... uh, It was like one of the tall areas in Norfair where there are the beetles that you have to... It's meant to freeze them and use them as platforms to get up. But I was trying to wall jump all the way up a vertical tunnel Mm -hmm. and then get up that way so by doing that i got really good at the wall jump so by the end of the like by the end of the game the wall jump was second nature to me i i i I do think part of it is like you know i grew up with these video Mm -hmm. games Mm -hmm. and i played a lot of games that were similar on the original nintendo and they were a lot harder and jeff and i talk all the time about how modern games i'm like if it's a little too difficult i don't play it which is strange because I grew up on the original Mega Man. Yeah, which is yeah. brutal. I played uh, Bionic Commando, which is this game that you could not save. You had one life. Uh-huh. You had a yeah. life meter, and it was a grappling hook game. You couldn't jump. You only grappled everywhere, and you could shoot. And I played th- this game one time, and I made it to the final boss. And when you destroy the boss, you have to escape. And I'm sweating it. Because <laughs> like, if I die, that's it. Yeah, I yeah. started at the very beginning of the game. And uh, my parents were yelling downstairs, it's time to eat. I'm like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I'm like freaking out because I'm trying to escape. And the game froze. And I never played the game again. Yeah. So, But that game sort of conditioned me for Mm. a game like Super Metroid. And a lot of like, and again, like, the wall repel is bullshit. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Can I stress this enough? And yeah. the space jump. Those are the two the I have. The space jump works v- uh, horizontally. It's yes. easy. It's effortless. When you're going upwards, that's when it's yeah. really hard. It, it, like, I had an epiphany moment with yeah. it where I realized how exactly it works. Basically, in order to get another jump, you have to, like, get to the other, like, the other end of the parabola. Okay. And then it'll let you jump again. Yeah. So, you basically just have to have come down a little bit and then jump again, I was finding the same difficulties that you were where, like, I would be trying to go vertically and I would be spamming the button and nothing would happen. Uh, so I think it's just a timing thing. Yeah. Just I don't after know. I figured it out, it was fine. I just think this game is satisfying as far as it set the template for exploration 
and acquiring new things to upgrade ups, and to yeah. explore to, to explore even more. So, and I think that's that part is still so satisfying. Yeah, when it comes to that, it's easily in the top of all Metroidvanias for sure. It like I said, the world and the power curve and like getting new armor suits and getting upgrades mm-hmm. to your cannon and it that all felt great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think there were some mechanics that didn't work super well. Like another issue I had was having to cycle through my weapons oh my and God. you could only use the select button so if you wanted something at the end and you're trying to do it like really quick you can't you have to sit there and it was extra hard in the switch because i was playing with the d-pad yes and then i would have to go up and around the joy uh or the joystick to get to the minus button whereas back on the super nintendo controller it would have been just a quick little oh, uh, just move use, to the right just use the other pad what other? Yeah, I use the control stick. Yeah, me too. Oh, see, I it did, I felt weird playing with yeah. controls. Like I wanted to use a D pad for a two D platformer. That's just how I feel about those. I played things. so much with the control stick before I even realized you could use the D pad. Oh yeah, no, I was I was full in on the D pad. But yeah, having to cycle like that was a pain. But and I, in my mind, I was like, why don't they just put this in a, on L and R? But then you need that for so like they were trying to do. A they lot. only had an L and R. There wasn't the. But there was also uh. You what was it? A was shoot and Y was jump. B was run. What was the X button for? Nothing. Why couldn't you they? Mean, have... I think it was the other way around. I think X X is shoot. A is the top one was shoot. Yeah. Y is Y is Y was the useless one. And Y. Oh yeah. Is for canceling your selection up top. It cancels it. Yeah. Really? So if you select it all over your super bomb and you press Y, it wipes it. <laughs> it, it just oh. went back to cannons. Yeah. Well, that would have helped. So I wish I knew that. <laughs> After t- there's this thing called the instructions. <laughs> we don't get instructions on. Well, that's the thing. Now. Like when we were younger, you, we'd get the case and you get the booklet with right. it, and you'd you read fl- it. You'd read it. You'd read it to cover to cover because you needed to figure it out. And it yeah. also had story elements that were weren't in Important, the game. Yeah, yeah. So going back to kind of what Matt was bringing up earlier, after my grapple incident grapple debacle i just i went back and i restart well it didn't restart it i loaded up my save from when i played it on the snes classic with the snes controller and i think i was just before getting the grapple beam so it was like huh. perfect it's interesting that you call it snes i think <laughs> but, we we just uh, i mean i was always conditioned yeah. when i was younger to call it uh, snes oh snes because yeah, it was called always, the nes so we just yeah. called it the snes See, heard, i called it the nes i've heard both did you call it the nes yeah. snes <laughs> the nes <laughs> i've definitely heard both uh, anyways so i then got to that same part and i felt for some reason better playing with the it like felt more natural playing with the the super nintendo controller and i th- think it just i don't know why but playing with what it was designed on made it feel better i felt like my jumps were better i felt you know and i don't know if it was there, if there's a placebo or placebo or if there's like a slight input delay between uh, the emulation in the Switch. And I was starting to wonder that too at yeah, some point. Yeah. So if it was buggy, if, if that's yeah, like there's just a just delay just from what the slight. when I was pushing the button to when it was registering. When it. this came out, like my friends and I were like, "This is the greatest thing ever." And because nothing like that had existed. There are people yeah. who still say that. Yeah. So yeah, I've, most I've, likely people who grew <clears> up playing it. Yeah. So, I yeah I, maybe. I wonder. I really do. If if that's a thing, because yeah, I don't know. I felt like I was struggling on the Switch with it with controlling it yeah i i feel like there has to be some slight input delay just because you're it the the snes is uh the switch is emulating a an environment and then the game is being run through that emulated environment so there has to be some kind you know there's a couple more jumps the the control input has to go through before it gets to the game whereas if you're just playing it on 
Uh, well, I guess it is an e technically emulated. Uh, maybe my argument is mute. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Or moot laughs> I think the other thing, too, is like maybe I don't see the distinction between the difficulties with some of the controls in this and playing the new Luigi's Mansion and fighting a boss where I'm in a raft and it's just absolute bullshit. Yeah. Oh, no, that, that part was absolutely bullshit. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, I still enjoy Luigi's Mansion. I'm like, oh, this is so much fun, but, like, that is such nonsense. And <laughs> the little nonsense that uh, I experienced in Super Metroid really didn't overwhelm the overall experience. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. Well, so let, let me ask you, like, all of you, I'll, I'll ask all of you this question. When you're playing a game, you know, what are those things, those stumbling blocks where it goes from being, I really, this is a great game to being like, this is just an okay game. Like, has there been any games for you that you've played where you're like, I love this, even though these things are bullshit? I think Super Metroid falls under that category. I still love the game as a whole. Sure, but I'm asking, are there other Are things? there other games? Are there modern games like that for you? Um, I'd have to think for a second. Do you have any off the top of your head, Derek? Uh, I For me, uh, it might be a little divisive but uh horizon zero dawn okay uh, what an asshole <laughs> i don't i don't i'm sorry i don't really know that game yeah Andrew really i do it. really like horizon. but that was a game that i struggled to get through because uh I, and i don't know if i just couldn't some of the combat i just couldn't get but it felt like there were some weird design decisions on like how things worked and in what regard uh i'll be honest it's not really fresh in my mind anymore okay <laughs> but i just remember at the time like uh i couldn't i wasn't good at the combat all right. And it felt weird because I am very usually good at games with <laughs> combat, uh, especially like the uh, okay. So you, the bow combat I was good at. Yeah. But I guess like it was going in into fighting the boss, uh, the the mon the 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 enemies, mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes it felt like uh, trying to hit their weak spots just yep. didn't like work as well as I would. You know, like I'm I'm aiming for the weak spot. Why am I not hitting the weak spot? And, um. So that was one of those things where it was like I had to make myself finish the game and get more used to the combat. And by the end of the game, I was like pretty good at it and right. could understand it. I think it's just it, sometimes games have those where you're, you're just not getting it. Your brain's not getting it. Yeah. And you're like trying to get it and you don't know what you're doing wrong. And sometimes you just have to keep going to, to fight through it. Um, so that's like how I am with Final Fantasy, but I, you know, don't end up finishing most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I kind of had a similar feeling for Earthbound too, which is also one of the most considered one of the greatest games of all time, one of the best RPGs of all time. There were so many moments that I thought were dumb bullshit that but I kept playing through it and Oh I yeah. I don't know if I continued playing through it because we're doing it for a purpose to discuss it. Um but there were moments like when you had to stand in front of the waterfall for was it which you didn't like three, three minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's not. It sounds that, funny. It is funny. <laughs> it was very no, funny. it's it. it's super on brand for Earthbound. <laughs> I hated it so much because I just wasn't playing the game at that point. But that's based based off of your expectations for what a, a game should be. Yes, and the game itself is subverting those expectations by saying no, a video game can be this. But should a video game be that? Is the yeah, question. I, I think. I think. Yeah, like, I think it should entail. It should encompass all experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Earthbound and is. And that may not be for you, and that's yeah. fine. But I like, it's the same argument when we're talking about movies, where it's just like, should a movie that's three hours long and have no dialogue and be super slow and tedious, should that exist? And I think it should. Yeah. Because I think all those things have to exist. I think just the experience is the most important part. I yeah. suppose so. 
Earthbound is, you know, like tied for my favorite game of all time. And I fully acknowledge that that game has tons of bullshit. Yeah. There's a lot of things I hate about that game, but it's still my favorite. Yeah. I don't know. I think for me, it depends on like, there's so many factors that go into all games, you know, like the world and the story and characters and music and aesthetics and gameplay and everything. So usually if there's a couple of minor things that I can usually look past them in terms of uh, or in, in favor of a bigger whole. Yeah, I guess my big thing is, going back to kind of what I said in the beginning of this discussion, is when I think Super Metroid is the second, number two, or number three on IGN's top 100 games Somewhere around of there. all time, should that be there, or should Hollow Knight be above it? Like, Well, it what depends are you- on if Hollow Knight is going to... Inf- be as influential yeah it's all about context and does I, that yeah. ma- so in my mind a best of list shouldn't include what it's like i want the list to be the games that i could play right now and have it be the best game i don't think it needs completely to include- objective regardless of time but there's yes. no such thing as an objective exactly list. and so i think the i think the the point of any list is a starting point yeah and i think when you say should this be on the list I think it should because if you put Super Metroid on there, then that means Hollow Knight is going to be on there. Yes. But I don't think they have Hollow Knight on their top 100. It's still so new. And I think a lot of people could be dismissive of it because, like, I played this game before. Yeah. And I understand that perspective because, like, um, I'm like that with a lot of modern music where it's just like, I don't know why this needs to exist. Yeah. It may sound great. Like, the fidelity may be great. The way it was recorded and the performances may be good. But, like, your two guitars, bass, and drums, I've heard... Mm-hmm. most variations of that at this point in a modern band they're unless you're doing something drastically different why do i need to listen to that when there are superior versions of it so but again like i think maybe these people that are playing super metroid are saying like maybe these things aren't great but the whole is great yeah you know and so so i don't know but i do think like again like you need to remove that that notion of like, oh, these are definitively the best because they think it's the best. I think it's it's a starting point. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Because while Citizen Kane is a great movie, it's not my favorite movie. True. But that's fine because like when I look at lists, whether it's video game lists or, or movie lists, it's always a starting point for me. And so like after I finished Super Metroid, I was like, well, what do I want to play next? So I started doing some searches for like the best games of the last decade. Yeah. And I looked at them and I'm like, all these games look identical visually, and that does not appeal to me. Right. This is why Wind Waker is a big game for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think visually, yeah. aesthetically, it's so exciting. But yeah. that's another game where people bitch about the mechanics of the, the, of you the know, sailing. length of sailing, mm-hmm. you know? The, yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't particularly care for the sailing in that game, but that's still a game that I, I adore. Yeah. So, to me, yeah, like yeah. Wind Waker is the other game that's tied and, to my favorite and game. And some of, all of my time. favorite movies uh, or, or art in general, they're flawed. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Because I think what I'm looking for in any art is the experience and the artist, the people that created it. And I think, you know, you see that in Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. You see these people and the passion that they put into the game. And I see that when I play Super Metroid. Yeah. I definitely see it too. And we're, you're comparing uh, th- these things to music and movies. But like you said, video games have. Uh, an interactive part to them and it has to it gameplay becomes an important factor and the fact that you are controlling it it comes down to it's like a whole new level of feel that you don't necessarily get from music or movies and i think 
that is why I love video games. Like if I I don't come for video games for to video games for compelling stories because there there's plenty of movies for that. I don't come to video games for compelling art. I came I come to it for the mechanics and how the game feels when I'm playing it. It comes down to is it fun and does it feel good? And a great story and an awesome visuals, those are cherries on top, you know? But when when I have some gripes with Super Metroid about how it feels to play mm-hmm. and there are other games out there that feel good to play and then I start to wonder, yeah, should those games be getting more recognition? I don't know. That's my maybe, big kind of thing here. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe you're right. But again, like those people may play Super Metroid and be like, that wasn't my experience with it. I guess that's true. You yeah. know, because I didn't have that experience. Yeah. And oftentimes when there was frustration on my part, I was just like, I'm bad at video games. True. This might not be the video game. This might be me. And like I said earlier, like I grew up on these type of games, so I was used to a lot of mm-hmm. these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I would still put Mega Man, like especially two or mm-hmm. three, as one of my favorite games of all time. And those games are punishing. Yes. For oh, yeah. very similar reasons, where you think you jump, the jump's weird, you just fall off of a cliff. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but so, you know, when you're playing modern games. And they're difficult, but the mechanics are good. Like, what's the difference? Where's that line, I guess, is what I'm asking. So if it's difficult and it feels good? Yeah. Difficulty doesn't necessarily matter to me. Like, Derek's favorite games are the Dark Souls types games, and those are punishingly hard. Or even Celeste is a game where I die (laughs) thousands (laughs) of times. But the mechanics of Hollow Knight's not a cakewalk either. Yeah. Like, how it feels to play Celeste, it's just the way it's programmed where when she jumps, how much velocity she she has going up, and then when gravity starts to take place, and then the distance that the dash gives you, it just all feels so good. It doesn't matter to me that I die thousands of times playing that game. Like sure. One of my proudest moments in gaming, I've never done this before, but I was playing Celeste, and I spent 30 minutes trying to get a single strawberry, and I was so proud when I finally got it that I uploaded a video of me doing it to Facebook to be like, look at this accomplishment I did because it felt so good, and it kept bringing me back to want to continue to try to get that strawberry because I, it was always me being like, oh, I, I misinputted here again. I just need to do this correctly this way. And with Super Metroid, anytime that I fell down a pit or did something, obviously there were the times where i was like oh that was me that i screwed up but there were other times where i'm like man this just didn't feel like it was doing what i was trying to make it do i guess i just didn't feel it as often as you did yeah you know and like that's a user experience that's like that's true. Yeah. and that's why all of this is and lists are subjective exactly mm-hmm. yeah so all like, opinion and and it's a, like again it's a starting point so that could be a great future episode for you guys where you make your all-time kind of like influential important games you know yeah and a lot of older games too i think artificially lengthened them themselves by being more difficult you know like if you in theory play super metroid perfectly you can beat it in like a couple hours yeah two but my playthrough probably took 10 hours yeah so one thing i was curious about was what uh everyone's like final time completion and final time was yeah i think somewhere nine or ten hours mine was five hours and 32 minutes and i think i had like about 75 percent of the game when I beat it, did you follow any um, any kind of guides? The or only anything? thing I had to look up was I got stuck, and that time you have to blow up the the tube in the water with oh, the super bomb. Yeah. Okay. That was the only thing I just could not figure out. You see, that was actually the only thing I knew going in. Did That's you, the only oh, thing what? I remembered. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's. I mean, when you figure that out when you're playing it for the first time before there's so, the internet or something, yeah. it, that must have been such a mind blowing moment that would stick in in your yeah. mind forever. But yeah, it I did. 
Yeah. It's funny because like one of my earliest memories of just Metroid in general is I think my friend Nate completing the original Metroid and being like, Samus is a girl. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know when right. you yeah. playing the game. Right, yeah, a big deal. And then when the, you finish the game and the suit kind of is removed and you see that it's a female, you're, it was like when we were kids, we were really young. We were yeah. just like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like our, you know, yeah, our little sure. brains exploded. What was your guys' time? Do you remember? You said it was about nine to ten I hours. I think for you. nine to ten hours, but I think that was also partially inflated because there were a couple moments where I got really stuck and like did not know where to go. After I beat um, Crocomire, mm-hmm. uh, which one's Crocomire? He's the one. You push off the. Le- yeah, you have to push him off the ledge, and then he comes back as a skeleton. Trying to remember. Just before yeah. the grapple beam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you push him all the way back in the lava, and yeah, and then he's re- he's pretty quick to beat. Yeah. So after I beat him, I like went into the room where you're supposed to do the super dash and then jump all, all the way across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't figure out that that was what I was supposed to do. So I just completely missed the item in there. What was it? Either the ice beam or the way or it was one of those. It was either yeah. the wave beam or the ice beam or the grapple beam. I just missed that. Yeah. So you and then, didn't have the ice beam for the whole game? No. The well, no, beam. I eventually went back and got it and found it. Yeah. Uh, but I missed that. And also the ice beam just, Oh, yeah, so there yeah. were just two things that I was missing that were necessary to my uh, progression that I probably spent a couple hours walking around and looking for. Uh, and then same thing, I believe in Meridia, there was a big portion where I was just like, I don't know where the hell to go right now. Yeah, I got stuck in Meridia for a hot second. And then after I got up to the... Right when I was about to fight uh, Mother Brain, I went back and got all the collectibles that I could. I missed two missile tanks, so I got 98%. Rip. But I used a guide for, for the collectibles. Going around and getting yeah. it, yeah. How long did it take you? So it took me five hours. Okay. But I used a map. Oh, so, so like I, a printed out map? N- well, yeah. Or like on the computer? <laughs> on, 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 on my phone. So I uh, basically would use it as a reference and uh, every so often would like glance and say, am I near anything? Um, just because... Uh, I wanted to. I felt like you guys probably wouldn't use guides. I did not. Yeah. So I I wanted to come in it from a different perspective and try to like. I didn't want to explore anything on my own. I wanted to go in knowing exactly where everything was. Interesting. Okay. So um yeah. So I use that's I so I think that's why my time's a little bit lower because I just knew exactly where to go all the time. Hmm. Um, it was more of for me figuring out uh what abilities and things i needed to use to get to the next to get to that item right that's so on the other side of this where wall. to go but not how to get there right so like i i knew exactly where everything is on the map but i didn't know uh you know oh i need super bombs here or until you get the uh did you guys get the the x-ray vision yeah 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 so until you get that then it's like then it kind of trivializes a little bit when you know where everything was but i didn't get that until i think there's still kind of little. The game. There's still things that you, the X-ray vision doesn't show. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which um, is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but there, some of the collectibles in that game are total yeah. horseshit. Even yeah. then, I didn't get. Um, I didn't get. I only got eighty percent of everything. Oh wow. Yeah, and I got stuck in Meridia for a little bit because I could not. I got so angry. In the freaking sand. Oh, that's when you sand. have to spin jump out of oh the sand. Oh my god, that's bullshit. I, I had to that put the game bullshit. down, and I didn't play it for like two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I want to kind of start to wrap this up. Um. I I personally have been kind of. It seems like I've been crapping on this game a lot. 
but it is still such an amazing game that the things I am complaining about are small in comparison to how great right. it is. I want to really shout out the kind of environmental mechanic teaching. Mm-hmm. So yes. you learn how to do wall jumps and the super whatever jump. Uh, Shine Spark. By just animals in the yeah, world. That and was really yeah. cool. That is so cool. It, I don't know. It's not often that you see games successfully teach you how to play the game just within the game without having a text box that says, if you do this input, this will happen. So and it, you can't get out of those areas until you learn and yeah, somewhat yeah. master those mechanics, which is really awesome. I think that's super important, and you see them in other places, like the very classic example of even in the first Metroid, you go to the left uh, at the start and you get the morph ball, and you can't leave that area until you yeah. go into the morph ball and roll out. It so, does that with a lot of the powers in this game. Exactly. So it's teaching you how to use your powers as you get them, which is. There are games coming out today that still don't do that, and that is such an important thing that is should be in almost all games. So I want to really sh- make sure that it's known that I think that's yeah. amazing. The music in this game is super cool. Like yeah. the Meridia music where it starts to get dark and creepy, and then as you go down into Ridley's layer, that all kind of starts to swell up and get really intense. Or like the opening theme when it's doing that slow text crawl. Yeah. It's all so good. The music in it is, yeah. Yeah, overall, it's still a really awesome game. It's, right. It still looks great, too. Yeah. Like the character designs are great. All the colors are cool. The mm-hmm. villains are great. The bosses look great. The environments. Yeah. That's something you miss, though, I think, with games nowadays is with the limitlessness of things is uh, every every pixel there is colored a certain way to to make it, you know, be vi- this vibrant, colorful world. You know, everything's on purpose, and you don't, you know, you don't see that as much nowadays because everything's more like textures and everything is different you don't have to you know that one little green pixel or the like the orange pixels in her helmet you yeah know, they like all the matter. visor yeah. yeah yeah cool um so well i like the idea of us always wrapping up these book clubs with us giving it uh, a rating on yeah. the the ign scale one to ten well before um, that important what? question did you guys save the animals at the end no, no, I, no, I, I knew. That. All right, that. all of you are monsters. I know that you could. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know about it. Yeah, I didn't bother no, yeah, to no. take the. time. No, it's not something that you can find really easily. Which is, I think, another one of the cool things about this game is yeah. like, you know, you could have done it. Who knows? And the only thing you get for saving them is at the very end screen where yeah. Samus is flying off the planet. You see one little yeah, pixel. Little, yeah, but supposedly there's continuity with the next one. Yeah, there's like a a thing where they're like present in the beginning of what fusion, I think something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And this game is a good direct sequel to um the Return of Samus Metroid Two yep. because that one Metroid that you see in the beginning of the game and that comes at the end of the game to help you. She's what you're searching for. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. That's the Metroid at the end of the last game that Samus chose to spare and because yeah. it considers yep. her her mother. So it, yeah, yeah, I thought that was all really good and they did a really good job uh kind of exploring that story without having all these text dialogues to kind of explain it away yeah one last thing before we wrap up uh that i touched on a little bit earlier is one of my main complaints was that towards the end of the game when you do get stuff like the space jump and i do not like how that kind of completely invalidates a lot of the other mechanics and power-ups you've already been given yeah like why use the grapple yeah, the, like the grapple do, beam, do, 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 the high jump boots yeah. don't need to exist yeah, anymore. Yeah, but I think at that point, because you've made it so far, yeah, you're already so way far. to get you through the yeah. board because the board gets yeah. so right, big. Right, yeah. So and there's no like, 
you know, jump in a train or elevator and go from one spot yeah. to another spot. So I think it's just a way to be like, we know you're good at this now. So okay. Yeah. To- yeah. No, that makes sense. That's but how I felt too. In, in the moment, I was just like, well, this kind of feels bad. What are what am I going to do with all these other power ups that I? Have? I mean, at that point, you're already at the end of the game. So yeah. I you mean, don't. You could turn them off if you want. That's it's true. You can go. It's true. You can do that. Your powers. It. You know, in in like Hollow Knight. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go back to that again because why? Um, I, in Hollow Knight, I felt like I was always using all of my powers. You know all the time yeah and no, like nothing was ever life. overshadowing <laughs> itself well this isn't a podcast about real life matt it's a podcast about board games yes um all right andrew what do you what would you give this game on a one to ten scale nine nine derek eight i give it a nine yeah i was you know i've been weirdly torn between seven and eight but i think after talking it through and my gripes with it aren't as severe as i initially thought and it doesn't outweigh everything amazing that this game's doing so i think i'm gonna go with an eight uh, give it a great so great so, so yeah so our average here is 8.5 which i think is on par for what our average for um i think didn't adam give earthbound like a 7.5 yeah he didn't understand that there's no points uh he didn't or, really explain it but yeah i thought ign has points though. no Not they anymore. got rid of it this oh. year it's all just whole numbers so yeah who needs half numbers because what the fuck does a 9.3 mean yeah <laughs> um Too much water. cool <laughs> so yeah <laughs> eight, eight to ten duh oh before we move on we have uh, a job to do are we doing that first yeah we're not gonna end yeah. it off is this the, the next game thing? this is the next game and matt as the guest i was just gonna say it have matt do it you have to have the privilege so this is gonna be the next game that we play for the video game book club mix it up matt pick out something good we have 10 games in here uh, games, kind of spanning a lot of different genres and eras. What do we got? Symphony of the Night. No! Wow! wow. What, what are the chances of that? A horrible night to have a curse. That's the third castle. I can't play that same. on Switch, correct? No. Nope. You can play it on PS4. You can play it on yeah. PS1. For people listening at home, I just threw down the piece of paper with anger. If you want to play it, I will go back to mom and dad's. I will grab my original PlayStation and my original copy of. Cynthia. You have it. That's in mom and dad's basement. I, I would like to play it. I've always wanted to play it. Okay, so I'll get. Uh, I'll right. get that to you so you can play it. And yes, I'm very. It's ironic and amazing that we bought this, so now we can compare the two games that define this yeah. genre. Last week we literally said, "Hey, after playing Super Metroid, let's throw Simply the Night in that pool." That's that's amazing. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll play this and we'll get that comparison going. And I'm excited because I personally like Simply the Night more. I have played it. Yeah, I played it only. We are literally back to back playing the Metroid and the Vania. I think it was I've, last year I played. I it. played all of the Castlevanias before this. Uh, but I never got to play Symphony of the Night. Never and played I, it? I You're the one who bought it for me. Yeah, because I, I heard it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> but I never got to play it. So, but okay. I, I was obsessed with the originals, especially three. Yeah. Um. So, I yeah, I I, I, I want to play this game. Awesome. I, well, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I've that. never played a Castlevania, so... Me neither. Oh. I'm excited. This will be my first. Really? You've never played any of them? Nope. Last week's trivia was Castlevania trivia because I would have lost. <laughs> because of the show. I You would have done better than them. I don't know about Wh- that. Who's the main character of the first Castlevania game? Uh, is it Simon? Yeah, Derek didn't know that. <laughs> Derek put <laughs> Dr. Acula. I think the second one is Trevor. He's from the third one. The second uh, one's Simon Trevor. again because it's Simon's The second one's Trevor Belmont. I yeah, know, right? Victor's in Rondo of Blood. Because the third one is the one you could play as Dr. Acula. <laughs> 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 All right, screw this. <laughs> Does anyone need a break or can we move right into trivia? Uh, yeah. I'll, All I'll, right, uh, well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll do our trivia and wrap this up. Dr. Acula. 
Alright boys, who is ready for some Super Met I almost said Castle of Symphony Light. Who is ready for some Super Metroid trivia? My body is ready. Not me. Okay. Question number <laughs> one. What color is Samus's gravity suit? Mm, which one's the gravity suit? Oh, what color is it? Nobody knows. I think you might all know. It's pretty <laughs> easy. Uh Matt, you go first. What color is it purple? Derek? Purple. Purple. It's purple. Good job, everybody. I went kind of easy this week just because it's really, hard. There's not really Last a lot of so things you it's, can do. Yeah, it's hard. It's either like insanely specific hard things or general yeah, things like, that people like should have gotten. Yeah, no, don't do that. Question number two. What's the name of the planet where Super Metroid takes place? Oh, another tricky question. Hmm. Any thoughts? Oh, my God. You say, they say it at the beginning. Um, they reference it. Um, and it might just be the beginning. I think they say it a couple times in the beginning, though. In the intro crawl and then mm-hmm. when she goes. No? All right. Uh, Derek, what'd you put? Zebes. Matt? Tatooine. <laughs> Andrew? Zebes. Ze- yeah, Zebes. Okay. Zebes. I don't know how to pronounce it. Z-E-B-E-S. I don't, I don't retain I would, that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> when you first said it, I was like, oh, yeah, Thebes. Thebes. I, was like, I know it more so from Thebes. Smash than I do from actually playing this game. That's true. Not fair. You learn a lot of stuff <laughs> from playing Smash Bros. I'm sure. Hey, man. Number three. I, mean, who's I couldn't th- tell you anything about Citizen Kane, so. All right, there you go. Rosebud. Uh, right into Smash. Question number three. Who is the boss that shoots thumbs from his belly button? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, real weird shit. <laughs> I always wondered why he was shooting thumbs out of his belly button. This is, a, this is a bit of a subjective question to Jeff's brain, I guess. Why is it subjective? He's deaf. That's what he's doing. You going to write something down? I don't know the answer to this. Jeff, only, uh, your, only your brain could... No, I mean, no, not only your brain, but you're the person who. What's he shooting out of his belly buttons? I fucking know. Thumbs, Matt. Thummy. <laughs> Andrew. Craid. Derek. Uh, I I just knew it was like the second boss. I didn't know the name. Uh, it's Craid. Yeah. Andrew gets three points. Derek has two. Knows one. I mean, Craid. I also knew from Smash Bros. Yeah. Aww. It's not my fault. Question four. What is the name of the power-up that allows you to see through walls? I need you to say the exact name of it. What? It's called I Give Up. Dude, you're not even trying. I'm really bad at this. You're worse than Adam. I'm really bad (laughs) at trivia. Apparently. All right. Well, we're going to have you go first again, Matt. What's the name of the the power-up that lets you see through walls? X-ray specs. Close. X-ray scope. Yeah. X-ray scope. It's the X-ray scope. You were really close. Is Andrew on track to get a perfect score? For the first time oh, ever? Oh, no. Question number five. What is the maximum number of missiles you can have? Just normal missiles, not super missiles. You're going to totally guess, aren't you? <laughs> All right, Matt. How many missiles can 200? you 200? Derek? 145. 230. It is 230. Andrew. Man. Did you get all of them? Oh, he got like I 98%. Got 98%. You got yeah. well, so he got close. Oh. So I knew all I was missing so what was two missiles. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. So he did the math. All right. Andrew got the perfect score. First time ever. Played attention. But there's a bonus question for fun, maybe? Tiebreaker. What is the current... No one's not going to know this. This is why it's fun. <laughs> what is the current world record time for an any percent speed run in Super Metroid? 25 minutes. Derek? Hold on. I think I know this. Ooh. What? <laughs> I've watched... A lot of Super Metroid speedruns. Okay. Um, 
Any percent. Yeah. Glitchless. Any percent glitchless. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say 20 minutes. 14 minutes and 47 seconds. 40 minutes and 56 oh, okay. seconds. Glitchless is hard. When you get, I think if you look at the glitch ones, it's around 14 yeah. minutes. It gets real quick. Um, fun fact. Someone tied the world record, I think, like two days ago. Really? I was looking this up. And, yeah, I was like, was it you? Me. I know. I'm so bad at this game. So did you see nah, any, any video? Did you see any video clips of like the mod with Samus walking around in like a bikini? No, but you do that in Zero Mission. Yeah, but in this game, yeah. in Super Metroid, there, there's, I've, there's some clips online. Oh, weird. Interesting. Are you positive it wasn't Zero yes, Mission? Yes, 100%. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because that was... That was one of the best parts of Zero Mission is when you do your Zero Suit Samus. Samus in a bikini? No, well, she wasn't in a bikini. <laughs> that was one of the best parts, guys. <laughs> she wasn't in a bikini. She's in that, like, skin-tight blue yeah, latex that's suit. Her Smash it's, like a, it's, it's like a Game Shark cheat or something like that. Hey, one yeah, of the videos I watched online, the person was playing in, with yeah. that. Oh, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in Zero Mission, that's an actual part of the game where she's in this, and she only has, like, a laser pistol that stuns people, so it becomes a stealth mission because you can't fight the giant aliens without your power suit it's really fun it lasts like about an hour it's not a crazy amount of the game but it was really fun and that's why i like metroid zero mission better than super metroid you guys should play it if you ever get the chance just to what is it, it. What? It's, it's called metroid zero mission and it's on the game boy advance and if you, you still have your wii u or did you give that away i ge- we sold it okay i have mine if you ever want if you're ever interested we sold it Sorry. Uh, you sold it? <laughs> um, no, me and Meg sold it. We sold it. Meg and I. It. Meg and I. Um, but if you ever have interest in playing it to compare it to Super Metroid, okay. uh, I'll let you borrow my Wii U and it's fun. It's a good game. Um, all right. That wraps this up. If you want to get in touch with us, give us your opinions on Super Metroid and top 100 lists. Uh, I know didn't s- read Adam's email. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Adam sent us an email oh, with Jeff, his opinion. You're slacking today. Dude, yeah, it's a long day. Uh, Adam sent us his opinion on Super Metroid, so I'm going to read that real quick. Hi, guys. So at the time of this writing, I am almost but not quite done with Super Metroid. Typical. I'm on the third major boss, and I already know where the last one is uh, before the final boss. I'm really glad that we managed to pull this game out of the hat this early because it's such a great game to play through and only added to my feeling of Metroidvania as being among my favorite game types. That being said, it's obvious to me why this series became, series became a part of the namesake of games uh, that would follow this design. There's something extremely rewarding about the exploration in these games that rivals even the newest open world games. There were several times throughout the game where I would be scouring the map trying to figure out where to go next, only to find a dozen or so upgrades along the way because all the new abilities I'd gotten since I... Because of all of the new abilities I'd gotten since I was there last. This just made the game rewarding even when you weren't exactly sure what to do next. If Castlevania isn't on our list yet, we should definitely <laughs> should be. I would love to see the other half of the two games that inspired this format to continue. Oh, well, Adam, how the tables have turned. I'm excited to hear what you guys all think of it. And in the meantime, I'll be finishing it up. See you guys later, Adam. Cool. So now that I've read that. Maybe sorry. I should host the podcast. Sorry, do trivia every week. No. Um, if you guys have opinions on Super Metroid, uh, send them our way. GameSharksPodcast at Yahoo.com. Um, it's probably going to be a while before we get to Castlevania because a lot of games are starting to come out now. So we're obviously going to want to keep up with the new games yes. as they come out. Um, so it'll probably take us a little longer before we record the next episode where we talk about Castlevania. Um, but yeah, you can get in touch with us. Ask us any questions that you have. Um, GameSharksPodcast at Yahoo.com. You can follow us on Instagram, GameSharksPodcast. And Matt, 
where can everybody find you and the lovely Tony? You could find us uh, on the podcast, What Did We Miss? And you could listen to that in the all the usual streaming services like Stitcher, Premium, and Google, Spotify, and all those other things. Great. Cool. <laughs> iTunes. Yeah, yeah, iTunes. And you could also find us uh, on social media at, at What Did We Miss? Sweet. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Cool. Um, Hopefully, we'll have you on sometime again soon. If there's ever a game that you specifically want to talk about, let us know. Symphony of the Night. (laughs) 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 Sorry, Adam. Get out of here. (laughs) Um, All right. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys. And we will talk to you next time. (laughs) 